was an amazing. I, I'm still waiting for them to make a car like Chitty Chitty. <laughs> Everybody knows you and cars got that bang bang. People always derail that movie, but you know what? Stop making kids' movies. Maybe we won't have to deal with that. You got to crank out movies for children year after year. Are you going to come up with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? How about we just <laughs> stop? Kids have plenty of movies. Reissue them, save money. Near, far, in a motor car. I'm not sure what that is from. Oh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, right. Okay. I All I remember is uh, what. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we love you. Chitty Chitty Near, Bang Bang, we love you. When Near, I saw it as a kid. Near, far, in a motor car. Oh, chitty, that's chitty, the next bang, line. Bang, we love you. The kid, I'm like, this is the worst movie I ever saw. And then I'm oh, like, really? whoa, I had an erection. It was like my first bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> What's I, happening? I was fooled by that movie, and it was all colorful, and then it fucking blew. Right, but it was terrible. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, I'll have to rewatch it. Maybe I'm time. sure it won't hold up for me. And I was just a little kid. Right. In fact, you know, I, I like it because I was like, I love those two lyrics from that song. So what are they, they're planning, so this is the plot. They they hired, they got all these military guys from different countries or what have you. Yeah. Are they like all like army or navy or? They're all the branches. And then you got the My Fair Lady guy up there, the general, being yeah. like, this is the age of nuclear war. However, I'm sure you would agree that there wouldn't be a scrape on the ground or two. So, like, the idea is, you know, how do we test you, uh, your metal as a soldier? So what they're going to do is pretend that there was a nuclear bomb, the country is devastated, they have to go out with a list of six scavenger hunt type things to put into, a, like, a time capsule and be buried forever to preserve England. Oh, like a bag of uh, crisps? Yes, because one of them is like duck. Like uh, in many English houses, they have these ceramic ducks hanging on the wall. Oh, that's okay. great. So I would get you know, a Billy Bass space. <laughs> right? no, you know the hood ornament on the Rolls Royce? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of them. Oh, like the BC Boys. Remember the uh, people in England were like stealing the Volkswagen uh, logo yeah. from the cars because they could dress like 1987's BC Boys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you they also one of them is a lock of hair and an autograph from this French porn singer named Sylvia Tarnett. Now, why is that English? I don't know. Well, we saw a lot of like we like to watch movies from England during the sixties, especially like the swinging, yeah. you know, London scene and yeah. the sex comedy. So maybe that's that angle. The greatest but, thing for me about this film is all the accents, which we're not going to listen to for the most part, right? So they're, they're, he's saying like, if there's a nuclear bomb, we want to see you guys collect items for a time capsule to see how you would survive and just. How resourceful you are. Yeah. Now, it's a stupid premise because they're going to go out there into the real world, not a nuclear war world, and they're basically going to go get the stuff. It is a scavenger hunt. It doesn't make sense. And then they win something, whoever gets the scavenger. So yeah, this they, is get like... a, they get a, um, a, a 
trip around the world with a partner and they also get like promises of promotion, promotion, promotion. It, it's never defined. So this is like it's a mad, 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 mad world. With yeah. Terry Thomas from two years ago, but this yeah. time it's different comedians, British comedians. Well, it's England. It's so England. So this is like rat race. This is what I'm talking about. Like John Cleese gave the instructions of what you need to do to win the game. Uh-huh. And you know, the one fun one of the great moments of that movie, he goes, Go. And then like look at her, I go, Go. And he goes, What do you mean? <laughs> that was good. That was a good song. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have to see that again. Well, I saw that in the theater in ninety nine, like a you know, best movie year ever, but I recently showed that to my kid, thinking like I kind of like this comedy. Maybe this is like a modern day mad, 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 mad world. And there's a scene where this woman catches her husband having an affair in a jacuzzi, and she's overhead in the helicopter, so she lowers the helicopter to break open the uh, above ground jacuzzi, outdoor jacuzzi. And my kid was like, eh, "It's what's so funny with all this destruction? Like, oh, how great!" <laughs> You know? Didn't hold up. No, it didn't hold up. Didn't know why. In a why. way. In a disappointing way. Yeah, like, it's, didn't see the comedy. Like, uh, what was so funny with Destruction? Like, you know, dumb slapstick. Because the movie was a lot of Destruction. Uh, some good... I loved <laughs> slapstick. I just do. I Look, do you know it's fake. You know it's a presentation to, and it's called entertainment. You know it's pretend on TV. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, if you sit there and think, I don't know, there is empathy though. Well, I don't know. I just believe that nobody's really getting hurt. Like it's all fake. So, right, and not only that, like when there's chaos, like things get destroyed in car chases, it's more action for me uh -huh. than like. Haha, ha, comedy, but it's funny action. So therefore, it falls under comedy, right? And, you know the rhythm of it. Like a fight always has like great choreography in a movie, and you have that visual kick of it, and that's the fun of the movie. So if a car smashes into a fruit bass, a fruit stand, yeah, when a guy who gets shot falls gracefully, you know it's a movie, right? But, you know, when Smokey drives his car through a, uh, a plate glass window that two people are carrying, it's funny, I guess. <laughs> All right. Children. Okay. Enjoy the corn maze. Watch out for the children in the corn. Right. Now, our upperclassman, you know, Elliot Dellum. Yeah. De Denholm Elliot. Of course, he's sitting his ass on the bench. He's already, you know, making preparations and arrangements for his people to get him out of there. There's a, I love how there's a bench in the maze. It's the That's, center. Oh, so it's not like a cheat, like if I pass by the park bench. <laughs> I guess it is the center. Yeah. I read a history of mazes, like in how these, these corn mazes are made. And mm -hmm. they're mostly made to get tourists, you know? Yeah, I know. It's a maze. Yeah, yeah well, you know what? You, it, you do get lost in it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's you can't go backwards, you know. It's not no. a, it's not a in the newspaper. Well, I was like, I want to start from finish and go, you know, raise my finger. I'm like, no, sir. I would never do one of these mazes in the winter, if it was lightly snowing just a little bit, because I would be in the shining. That's right. It get a little spooky. 
I yeah, love this slapstick. Now you're talking about slapstick where nobody gets hurt. He just yeah. pole vaulted. He pole vaulted. He said, "For Scotland." He pole vaulted. What is that? And he smashed through a greenhouse. And then he started reprimanding the guy who was like, "What the fuck?" He was like, "Stand up straight, soldier." You know, it's so it's so English. Oh my goodness. So our Elliot Dellum. Our aristocrat has right. now given orders to like a soldier. Deliver this for me, chop chop, right away by private messenger. Right? So, United States government guy just did it. We've been in these movies of England before. Like, it's about class, right? So, that's the comedy is these different people, different classes trying to escape a corn maze. Yes. That comedy and the different branches, they contrast each other, you know. The American sticks out like a sore thumb. When you're listening to them, you think you're you're watching, like, uh, I Dream of Genie's, um, I don't know. He's just so American of the day. This is 65, so it's like setting up for... I don't know. I guess this guy didn't hit in the end, right? So the note reached the person. They brought a fucking chopper. I love it. Now everyone wants that chopper. Right. And everyone's going to get it. And they don't... Well, you know what? That's it. Fuck for one person. Wow, look at this. So is this funny, this image? They have a real people dangling? Do you, you know, that has a crazy music, probably, or... I don't know. I do find it funny. It's a spectacle. I like seeing movies. And if there's going to be explosions and car crashes, sometimes, you know, it's supposed to be funny. It's a funny premise. This is a funny premise. It's just not like a chortle. I don't know. It's It's like you're going into a pretend place for entertainment value. So it's like, you know, it's a fake movie. Even if it was a nuclear explosion, you know, it's a fake movie. So you can okay watch how they get hit by the trees and the director kind of cheated us or the cinematographer oh they're on a human fox hunt Ooh, this is like the hunt right yeah now they're giving everyone a mile <clears throat> you can't be within one mile of this base starting you know with uh in one hour so now these guys are just scrambling to get off base so they both got bonked <laughs> off the chopper. They all got bonked off the chopper into the woods. Now, this scavenger hunt, do they have to pick the items in a particular order? Or can they do? Except for one. There's one they're going to be asked to get that they don't know about yet. They're all supposed to go to this hoity-toity organization thing uh, and ask for a message. Um, I, have more, I have more questions regarding their scavenger hunt. Do okay. you have to know the bride to be part of this uh, scavenger hunt at no. the, the bachelorette party? No, you don't have to know the bride. So this is not I a bachelorette party. Something borrowed. Okay. Now, do you really have to be like, are you from the city, man? Like, do you have to be a native? You have to be born in San Francisco? And the clues are like, this place has a picture of something on the second floor. And you're like, oh, that's Ireland's 32, obviously. <laughs> Anyone from the city would know that. Like, is it an obscure city hunting? No, it's all British stuff. Gotcha. Have you done a scavenger hunt? When was the last time you did a scavenger hunt? Uh, like when I was, you know, like early 20s. I don't know. 
Did you do one for your children? Like, hey, kid, we have a family activity. Uh, probably. I don't yeah. have a memory of a scavenger hunt. I always thought it was kind of like busy work. You know, I think it's fun when you when you try to find things in the city, like, uh, or your your neighborhood, like just little details, and you'd be like, uh -huh. oh, of course, or like, you know, it's it's kind of clever. Uh, our man, my our man Godfrey, my man Godfrey. Mm -hmm. It was uh, like a 1940s uh, okay, comedy. Okay, we're going to have to interrupt, right? Okay. Right now, a real fox hunt is fucking up the army, okay? <laughs> go ahead, Pat. Oh, well, so they, they have a scavenger hunt, and one of the items they, they have to find, the upper class, is a homeless man. Uh -huh. And they find this guy, and he stays on as their butler, and it winds up that, you know, his life was ruined, but he had a, a history of his own, and... Uh, but it was just funny that, like, you know, these, it was so, like, the hoity-toity during the Depression were, like, uh, yeah. the scavenger hunt was to find a, a bum as in the parlance. Right, that's so robber baron. Yeah. Oh. The old British gag. Is he going to, like, stop drinking or something? This uh, is great, yeah, Carl. I know exactly why you thought that. Yeah, like usually James Bond drives by and the guys are drinking and fishing, and then when he he drives by his car in the water, he like throws the bottle in the water. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. This guy's in a wetsuit. Have you ever walked in a wetsuit? It's fucking painful. Ooh, nice yeah. uh, jagged swipe. Okay, now this is the guy who didn't get picked up by the chopper, and his joke the whole time will be... He's digging uh, a hole? Right, and he'll get caught. So you have to be one mile away from the base, okay? So our American has done that. Now he's in the process of stealing clothes to get dry. I always like it when they hang up their sheets. It's like a dressing room. Yeah. Now he's oh. got a little BB pellet, you know, yeah, blow, British. blow gun, is that what it's called? It's BBB, British BB gun. Oh, I yeah, I remember BBB1. <laughs> BB. Yeah, right. That's really played. Well, you would say, you would announce it. You would say, this is BBB1. <laughs> Our broadcasting. This is Service B Base. Well, that's more like a radio guy. Oh, the old room. This guy is calling his girlfriend, okay? Uh huh. Who is really nice. Uh, and she's helpful and great. Now, he's not supposed to have any help, but none of them follow the rules. No, so well, this is, seems like, very arbitrary. Well, she's going to be a player in the whole thing. Whoa, look at this. Whoa, look at her go. Who can turn the world on with <laughs> Oh, no, is she driving? This is 1965. Okay, the cars so try to pass her. Right. Her comedic joke throughout the whole movie is she just fucking obliviously has crashes and threatens lives. And, you know, she's a nuisance. She barks the wrong places. Jesus, talk about nostalgia. I can't even think of a good woman's driver joke. It's been Look years at that. Since. <laughs> what uh... she just did. Jesus Christ. No, I'm being American there. Right. Jiminy Cricket. Okay, listen. One of the things on the list is an English rose. Now, it's called the, like, their royalty snooty name, so they think it's a person. 
So oh. he's there to look up. The, he's, yeah, um, he's looking. <laughs> the skirt of, no, to look up the name of this royal person. He's at the library. Yeah, he's at the library. Now, this is the mom he stole the pants from. He doesn't She's know a... it. Really? Yeah. This is a small town. But the fucking kid knows it. Hello, I'm an innocent, dummy American. Yes, <laughs> well, I'm pompous. Hey, I'm looking for a book. I think he fits this picture fine. I don't know why the director needs to shit on this guy. He's not He's not trying to hitch a star off this movie. Maybe it's right. a movie's fault it didn't launch his fucking career. Yeah, yeah. You know, because people continue to act. You know, he doesn't have to... You know, he doesn't have to... You, you got a bunch of, like, this the all-star cast and they put an unknown in there. Big deal. Yeah, They were just really pissed big. that it was American. You know, that they were trying to go for an American audience. Pander to an American audience. You know, this is really quite funny, his condescension, if you ever get to see this movie without us. Sure. So now the mom, you know, she goes, take off those pants. What? And he goes, I have that effect on women. I just can't explain it. <laughs> American. Those are my husband's clothes. This is sort of coincidence. Ooh, now, gee, I can't do that. I can't jump into a car like that. Well, you're not, I mean, we're not 20, maybe he's 31. He can do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're getting like, what is oh, that? Oh, no, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm old. Saying? I just don't want to be in a car with a woman driving. <laughs> Goodness, Michael. I'm shocked. Look, look at her. She can't how, drive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> No, it's fake in a movie, it's a comedic point, and it's an of an age in which they weren't sensitive to stereotypes. So, shame on them, and let's enjoy. Well, get a Rolls Royce. Oh, so they're going to steal the hood of the Rolls Royce at the dealership? Well, yeah, you see, the guy who's trying to buy here, he's, uh, where is he? Ah, there he is. His name is Lee Montague. You might have seen him in Space 1999. Nope. Uh, he was that in that miniseries called Holocaust in 78. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was Roots and then it was Holocaust. Yeah, he's Staff Sergeant Mansfield. And so his comedic thing throughout is he's going to get everything he needs. He's going to buy it, but he's going to use Army requisition forms. You know, that's like a, you can invoice the Army. Oh, so, so buying the hood ornament. He should just buy everything else, right? Call it a day. Go, that's Amazon. what he will do. That will be his community. He goes, I don't think that's quite right, Guild, sir. That's better than money, I tell you. He just cheats. He just buys his way. Well, I don't know. He is the uh, staff sergeant. Right. Okay, so it is in his power to, like, no administration, which means like expense reports and shit. There's a, and there's a sense of urgency. Do they have to complete this? Be well, the yeah, first two one? days, 48 hours. Huh. Oh, I like this arboreum. Well, this is where they're going to find that snooty named 
we'll get some like I'm shocked nun jokes, you know. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm gonna pass. I want none of that. <laughs> We've said that joke too much. I, what? None more. None, none more. Both the Raven. We none said that. More. So we said uh, that joke. I think we said it's none of them. Lady McDonough. Lady McDonough. Lady Frances McDonough. That's what it was. I think. I, I think. I would hope it's a federal crime to steal plants from an arboreum. That arboreum mm -hmm. should be like part of a federal. Protected. Yeah. There ought to be a law, don't you think? There is. Like, of course, you can't do what he just did. You're no, it's wasn't. Look, someone took it from before us. Yeah. Hello, we're going to pretend it lie and stuff. We're Americans. Can you explain what these things are? They're oh, she's, flowers. He's so English, but he's oh, American. Yeah, yeah, he's so English. He's, Goodness, it's so hot in here. I'll have to take off all of my clothes. And that's going. Oh, 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 Arboreums do get. It does get hot in arboreum. You know, a lot of yeah. it's natural lighting. It was built, you know, in the 1800s or something before electricity. For more information about the Arboretum, <laughs> visit the Arboretum Welcome Library. to Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> Hello. This, oh. this is our Arboretum. I didn't see you come in. I'm churning butter, which was common at the time. <laughs> I mean, it's common in my time is what I meant to say. I need this job. You know, in Colonial Williamsburg, I am the butter churner. But I'm on my break. I'm Mike, and I'm on my phone. <laughs> Okay, so God. she's doing the, she wants the rose. So she's doing this ruse. This is all in the service of her American boyfriend, by the way. I got to bring that up to the end of the film, okay? Okay, so she's doing it for her love of her life. So they're going to they're gonna win the prize and go off together. I got you. So he, he has, like, run up to him going, Oh, Leo, it's wonderful to see you, Leo. And kiss, 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 kiss. Then he goes, Madam, please contain yourself. He goes, oh, it's me. It's my eyes. You're not him at all, are you? He's like, what can I ever do to make it up to you? Let me give you a ride into London. That's quite right of you. Here we what go. What is Laurie? What's your story, Morning Glory? Uh, Laurie? You know, it rolls through with that. White. They must. They must have. The swipe. These swipes are so obnoxious. Not since oh, Star okay. Wars have been so self-conscious. There's like jagged swipes, and there's like a. Uh, we hate Caddyshack. Terrible movie. <laughs> Why is he busted? He just escaped. Okay. What, the, he, what did he escape from? He was within one mile. That's of... ridiculous. Yeah, but the MP doesn't know that. That's bullshit. So they, yeah, the MP does know that. So they, they put him back into the maze. Oh, this guy will never leave. Right, and that's going to be his whole joke. So here's Denim. So he's rich, right? So he's got himself right, a so brother. He's, right, he's gone yeah. back to his hotel. Or he's either getting a hotel or this is a place he resides at often. Darling, how are you? Look what? at that little dog. <laughs> little dog. He hugs him while holding me a little dog around him. So cute. How much do you think that little dog would be? That's a pretty 
pretty high end dog, right? <laughs> a pure breed. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, probably yeah. like I don't know today, maybe four thousand dollars. Damn. If you with all his shots and his papers and everything. <laughs> <laughs> do you like my hair? I do. I say I do. Okay, basically now, what what? What Elliot Denham is doing is he's having everyone around him go fetch him things, right? Oh, so he, he great, yeah, of course. So he's because like, he go bring me the hood ornament of the Rolls Royce, of your father's Rolls Royce. And she's like, oh, but I'm starving. Can't we eat first? This will only take you but 30 minutes. Uh, but <laughs> an hour past. <laughs> I because love it. I have some things for you to arrange. You can count on me, sir. Go get these ducks. <laughs> all right, all right. So it's the flower is the Lady Macbeth. It is yeah. the uh, the duck. Right. Yeah, that's what, uh, like a decoy duck. Right. It's uh, the Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. And it's, then. Check this um, one out. It's an electric hare, a rabbit from a greyhound race. Oh, cool. Yeah. It is the lock of hair and the autograph of a French pop singer. And then it's another item they don't know yet. Well, you know, the director wasn't allowed at the racetrack because uh, they were nervous. He was, he was a born winner. <laughs> That's right. You, you cannot your, – your money's no good here, sir. Yeah. I think I said that backwards. Can I help you? Yes, I'm Mr. Winner. Well, aren't you cocky? Well, the house will not honor your request, sir. <laughs> Now, please allow the next patron, please step aside for paying customer. You know, I prefer director director Michael Loser. More to my heart. <laughs> you know, I I don't use high-definition film. Like, all my friends insist on it. I think it's, you know, they're, they're so, like, fucking stoned and fucked up. You know, everything's out of focus. I work uh -huh. with definition film now. Love it. Give me a second. I will not work with high-definition film. Don't even get me started on tweaking definition. Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, the, oh, the worst is way too high-definition films because <laughs> right. you, they're not focused and uh, you, they lose the plot and like, they switch stories. It's just, you know, Making I got physica. you. Uh-oh, okay, yeah. Scotsman's washing. She has lured him into, like, her relative's apartment in the city. She's got him to take a shower, and now she's nicking. She's nicking. She's stealing the rose. Now we'll get some, oh, we didn't get, like, a bad driving joke. She's driven away with it. These are the, the relatives who are arriving home. I was going to say, like, they just left this, literally this guy is hanging. They left this guy hanging. See, he's hanging right now, his balls. <laughs> now, look, you see those ducks? Yeah. I don't know. Somehow those aren't the ducks that the rest of the people go for. But they're English ducks. They're traditional. They're ceramic. Those look like bathroom tiles. I'll show you what I mean later. I love it. They go in. There's the Scotsman showering in their house. So if it's common, then that's the easiest item in the scavenger hunt. Yeah, what he's saying right now is, I've brought me me squatters' rights! <laughs> no, he's not. He's embarrassed, and he's mad at uh, the girlfriend. Right. 
Annabella. Annabelle Nash. Annabelle. Annabelle Nash? Anna Nash? <laughs> I, a Nash? No. Nash. no. Look, she was only in that Bond spoof that Casino Royale and Yeah, let's not talk about it. let's not talk about that movie. Yeah, why? I got other ones in that movie. All right. No, go ahead. I, I want to hear the other ones. Why? We're not talking about it. It's a really hard movie to sit through. Yeah, I know. I, I never finished it. Myself. I don't know. I have no memory of it anymore because... I finished it. I said, listen, I, I've been watching this half-ass for 25 years. I'm just going to watch it all the way through. And I went, what, what a waste of my life. <laughs> like, I did it, right? Ba, ba, da, 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 ba, da, da, da. Uh, it has a good theme song, at least. It was multiple directors directing Casino Royale as a parody yeah. of James Bond, with different people. Of course, Woody Allen playing Jimmy Bond, his cousin. I don't. I see. I remember. I tell you, I've seen that film, uh, but I must have quit on it because I don't have. Yeah, no. I it's know tough. he was in it. Well, it was also Orson Welles and John Huston. It was like every like top sixties. Kind of jokey. It was the uh, you must be joking of its time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was two I years later. I must have just dismissed it, uh, even though I might have seen it. I don't know. That's how bad it sucked. I guess it's really hard. And when they actually did the Daniel Craig version, I was like, took me. I said, I'm not gonna watch it. And then when I saw <laughs> it, <laughs> I was relieved. You know. Okay, so he's got this ploy. That he's with the uh, uh, what was that Kennedy organization where he, the kids would go uh, help? Peace Corps, the Peace Corps. He's got this scam going where he's in the Peace Corps and he's collecting stuff, and you know even these ducks because they sell them for money. Anyway, he luckily opened up the door on a sexy one. Right. Like, why don't you come inside? Mm -hmm. You know, like. He is very sexy. Cleavage out. Yeah. So he's got a lower class accent like that, but she's got the ducks on her wall. That's what he's here for. You see him? Yeah, I see it. Nice view. Yeah. First time I ever saw him, I was quacking up. So he saw the married, uh, that she's married. Yes, just now. <laughs> Amazing. I love that dress. Lingerie dress. It's corset. Your work must be very interesting, I Peace Corps. I innocently popped over to take you to lunch. <laughs> oh, is it like, oh, not again, dear? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, really? Oh. You've seen this movie and this scene. I did, but you know what? This movie didn't offer closed captioning, so I was at, I lost the sea half the time. I'm talking to the bird, Gaffner. All right, yeah, oh, you, you routed me. Wait. I saw this movie. Yeah. Love it, like, no expense spared. We'll go to your friends in flat and shoot the scene. And we'll just smash all these. Yeah, that's right on you. Oh, this is where you leave. 
He's like a bland Dick Clark. Yeah, he doesn't. I guess how else is he supposed to respond? Oh come on! <laughs> you know what? Do you think he's Luke or Owen or Andrew uh, Wilson? Um, he's the one in Church Ball. Andrew. So he's an Andrew Wilson. He's got no spark. He's got I, no. I would say he's Luke. Maybe Luke uh, just phoning it in. There it the is. That's all he one. wanted. The weakest one. Look, he's got one of them. Now, yeah. look, somehow he's got a neck. Probably just because right. he read it in the script. Where did he get the net from? Maybe when he was coming out of the lake. Right. I don't remember him walking in with a net. Right. The um, I guess it was in his stack, but the uh, the fisherman would be the place to get him to have that net, but they didn't do that in this movie. I keep a net with me. Oh, look at that. Another obnoxious swipe. That swipe. was a vertical well, swipe. They're trying to be goofy. They're trying to be... Okay, here we have our ongoing joke. Oh, the one joke. Yeah. And they're like, goodness, Craig, how you do keep at it. Please sit. It's not often I can speak with the ranks, don't you say? So he goes like, tell me, do you think the army's everything we promise in the adverts? <laughs> All it's cracked up to me. Because, yes, sir, for the opportunity, sir. Like, like this one right now. And then they arrest him. <laughs> Keep it up, chap. I'm rooting for you. Oh, here they come. Damn it. I, uh, oh, yeah. Did hey. you see me and my fair lady? Hasn't happened yet, but stay tuned. <laughs> I validated my parking, guys. I think it's a little drastic. Isn't he dressed like the valet? <laughs> oh, he yeah, right. I... Okay, so, so he's... here we are down at the Greyhound track, and our staff sergeant is once again doing a requisition for him and buying a rabbit. Strange request. Yeah, he's making up like, it's General Gustus Wolfgang's desire to get for his, you know... Who won a million at the Belmont Stakes? It's a present, it is. How many mechanical hairs are there in the world? Uh, well, okay, they've they've got them in stock like ten, twenty. I mean, it's a racetrack. If, if it's a spare part, right. Well, I understand they have like two of them, and next thing you know, they have four hair bunnies. No, no, no. That they have eight. No, these are and then there's like sixteen. Oh, no. uh, they're not trouble with the tribbles. These, these, these aren't the fucking bunnies. These are the mechanical bunnies. There. Hey, look, it's it's nineteen year old Mike Spiegelman. Well, I wasn't I wasn't trying to steal the the Rolls Royce thing, but <laughs> right. I go, yeah. You go. I thought it was loose, and the guy goes, "Not on today's Rolls Royce." The older models, perhaps, but blokes used to nick them. Look. It's so BC, boys. That must have been shot in reverse or something. Something, yeah. I think, yes. Okay, here we have a Rolls Royce, and it's but an they, older one. Just what they need. They're going to steal it. Right. Oh, it looks but like it, a rock band. The, right. The, the cavemen. It's the cavemen. That's right. They're the Beatles. But they are, I the don't, trogs. I'm not a fan of their output. You see the hat? 
And they're wearing oh, pants. Oh, right. A true caveman would not be wearing pants. But, okay. you know, when you're shopping in London, it's best to wear pants. Well, wearing pants is so easy. Whoa. A caveman could do it. Now, was that funny that the moving... Uh, I don't know. We've seen this movie before when it comes to stuff like this, right? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I appreciate the effort, and it is the cinema, and I want to see stuff, you know? So I'm always excited when they smash into something. But I don't think it's funny funny. I mean, it's a right. movie. It's not no, dramatic it's like eye candy. It's not really funny, funny at all. It's to keep you watching and engaged. A right. guy trips. He slips. He got. He gets punched. Now he's in the car. You know. Oh, look, here's the fan. Out. I love the... you, caveman Ringo. I love you, caveman George. So everyone wants a selfie, mostly with caveman George. Okay. Really? So, right. Oh, and a, that's yeah. why they got mobbed and they got away with. Hey, hey, we're the caveman. We're missing a Rolls Royce. Oh, wow, the water's spilling out of it. It's real damaged. No, but they're too busy driving <laughs> to notice their cars breaking down. In a turnabout. They were just trying to be stupid. <laughs> oh, all right. My money's on Swan Pottle. We're the dumb generous. You're already betting. You're so addicted. You don't even know the odds. You, you're not familiar with the culture. Come on, Swab. Listen, I got my 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 uh, my son's bought me some money right here. Bought me some money right here. <laughs> All right. He needs a new pair of shoes. Oh, so he snuck on. He's going to steal the hair this way. Yeah, he's going to steal the real one from the track. He's going to unfucking screw <laughs> it and pull it out. And his will have the mechanical part dangling like a stick. There, there he goes. Is. That's one of my favorite Bugs Bunny when he falls in love with the electric hair. He just chases him around, the, you know. Why won't you talk to me? <laughs> he kisses her and he, like gets electrocuted. Like, wowza. <laughs> That's right. I forgot all about that. Yeah. It's a metaphor of life, Carl. It's that Scottish bloke. He's got my rabbit down there. Oh yeah! Look, they're all they're all there. Look, you see those bowler hats. Yeah, they the mean, bowler. I have a position here. I work here for you know what I mean. Like it's a uniform. But you know what? I'm gonna forget this joke. I did see this movie. There was a moment where Terry Thompson, uh, the police come, and then the, the guys with the bowler caps come, and he goes, "Oh, great! Now you yeah. bowler cap guys are here." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. It's really the um. <laughs> My fair lady guy, he said this. Oh, it was my fair lady. I just yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, so he has followed. He learns that someone robbed it, so they had to get a new one. So he followed them to the storage room. He made a wedge in the door. Now he can slip in and steal a rabbit. Right there, he is. Somebody's coming. Why? It's the Scotsman. What are you doing there? You're not going to believe this. But someone's nicked the rabbit. Say what? Some bloke. It was hair today. <laughs> Can't be too careful. It's going to lock him inside. No, but you could see that movie too. You if know, it would uh, disturb their script, they would do it. Oh, right, of course, yeah. 
It's a mad, 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 mad world. (laughs) We've seen a lot of like race movies. Last week was a walking race movie. Uh, Yeah, and we saw My Old Man. Yeah, My Old Man was a horse racing. And uh, Cannibal Run, I guess that's another like. Yeah, that counts yeah. certainly as a race. Are my, are we out of examples? Oh no, we have a bunch of more. I guess that's entertaining too. Here, here's your rabbit, sir. Oh, jolly good. Uh, so he's winning. Yeah, well, he's up to par with everyone Is else. It, how is it going with those? Ducks, they're terribly sorry, sir. That is a bit of a problem, you see. They're not manufactured anymore. Golf with the right price, you can... <laughs> so now he's, like, calling up somebody he knows, like, who, like, he'd make it out of clay and then heat it in the oven at the hotel. Uh, he's making a golem? No, it's it's those ducks. <clears throat> oh, I got you. You know what a but golem I don't understand is, right? This. Yeah, I know what a golem is. It's a monster. A Jewish monster, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I'm mm-hmm. like, he's just a monster. I don't I don't look at I don't discriminate. Don't take fucking credit for this one. one. This was a Jewish monster. No such thing. No oh, such now thing. it's a holiday monster. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great reverse. Right? Yeah. Holiday monster. <laughs> oh, may I be the uh, fourth person uh, this year to wish you a Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, I'm trying to remember the Christmas song. How does it go? Christmas, 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 Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Well, I think now that, oh, look at that, that the curtain rises swipe. Uh, I, I, so he hears a knock. This is funny. It's like knock, knock, knock. Why don't you listen? Why don't you listen? Put on your stuff. I'll put it on there. Oh, it's the mole. Listen to the way he talks to him. (laughs) This is the greatest thing about this movie is their accents. It's. Jolly good show, my man. You're really at it, aren't you? Oh, they're just waiting outside. We're all pulling for you. There always has to be one guy who just doesn't do much but, with the same thing over and over, and then at the end he gets it. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. They're putting him back in the middle of the maze right now. And go. And he'll start digging again. Okay, so here's our American with a rabbit who just chased fierce dogs. Yes, artisanal dogs. I saw the sign. Here are ducks being made out of clay for the aristocracy. This the pompous has. Well, to be oh right, so he doesn't even like. He has to make his own art- homemade ones. Well, that's his plan, but that won't be used in the end. Oh no, wait. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Uh, yes, he's making his own because he can't find them, and he can afford it. He's paying like three grand for custom. 
But isn't that the joke that if those things are considered like a lower class uh, ornament that it's in every house, like a lower class house? Okay, look, that the rich... see that? That's the ducks that he needed. They were able to go out. See what I mean? She's making them for nothing. It, it doesn't make sense in the oh, I... Huh. It, she was his plan B. Did we really need that little detour? So she's not. She really doesn't give a duck in this movie. Oh, duck her! At least that's what Winner says. Okay, yeah, right. this guy was in. This guy was in Jagger's uh, performance. Remember, we saw performance. Was it? Oh, this guy in the phone. Yeah, I recognize him. I don't he recognize was, the phone. He was one of the bad guys who yeah. were coming to pick up. He saw them all fucked up in the foyer. Good to see you again, bloke. He was good in performance. Oh, look, there's a record store. Or was this like a pop shop? <clears throat> no, it's the headquarters of a lot of pop stars. What these people are doing are fake autographs and stuff like that. You know. Oh, and orders. like there's hair and... Like oh, they're pretending that every rock star in the world is the fame of the Beatles. Okay? So the whole world is asking for photos. You know what I mean? It's uh, autographs. Dear caveman, can you send me a lock of your hair? Right. And it goes to like one central uh, processing. So like, right. pull the hair from the wall. Right. So he's just looking for someone to give her a signature of Sylvia already. So one of the things on the list is a lock of hair and a, and an autograph of Sylvia, the French pop star. Uh, Sylvia Who, Tarnett. Yeah, now this is a real pop star, right? No. No, okay. Yeah, they did. <clears throat> but the actress who played her passed away the year later. Um, I Her name was Patricia Viterbo, and I didn't look her up. I she's, You'll see, she's very bland. She didn't do right. anything but say, I'm here. There she is. I brought my fame. Don't have a little dog with me. Well, so I, I read a bunch of user reviews just to see what the hell I was watching. And uh, someone said that she died a year later. Uh-huh. The actress. I guess so. I missed her. I missed her, too. It's been, like, you know, it's almost been 50 years. Year, yeah. She was, uh, she was bland. She was bland. I'm not going to lie. This is in her funeral. So... All part of being British is the flower, it's the uh, ornament, it's right. the uh, status well, symbol, and right. it's a local pop star who. Uh, and and the rabbit, you know, from yeah. everyone bets at the track in England. Right, park life, all the people, so many people, all go hand in hand, hand in hand, hand park in life. Hand. Oh. I was thinking Blur, Park Life. Park Life. <laughs> yeah, then you go down to the racetrack. A Park Life. <laughs> Come on, Carl. That was only 20 years ago, 30 years right, ago. Right, right. Yeah. Park it. Here she is being bland. I am, I've got an accent. I'm bland. I'm bland. I wish I had told you in the beginning of the film to put on the music because I heard Auntie Griselda. Oh, it was no really? Light. It goes like, dan, 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 dan. we're a crazy song for a movie, dan, dan. and then it goes, 
I know she's having a fit. Dun, dun. She doesn't like me a bit. Dun, dun. And then it goes back to, I'm a movie theme. You should hear it. It's Auntie Griselda right in the middle of their song. That's so funny. Yeah. I wonder if they shot it black and white in the TV show, too. I, I, I. It's, uh, it was, by the way, it was um, uh, instrumental only. There was no singing. So you could really sing Griselda, Auntie Griselda, along to it. Right. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check it out next time I watch it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, so, uh, showgirls. Now we're on a TV set, and <clears throat> for some reason, the scavenger hunt focus of the movie is now turned to uh, getting the autograph and lock of hair. Wow. This happened, and they're all doing this sequentially, so they all approach at the same time. Yeah, that's the thing. They're not supposed to. They don't have to. No, they just have two days to find all these things. Right. What I mean is, like, they could have, you know, one would be getting a Rolls Royce thing, as another one is trying to get an autograph. Like, they pair up two or three of them at a time to compete. Right. I could see them all approaching the same live broadcast to, to meet up with the pop star. Right, right. Yeah. No, you don't understand, my good man. I have an appointment. Do ring her. He's calling her him a foreigner. Like, for instance, I mean, he's Scottish, and it's really insulting to go, what is that crazy accent you have? You're a foreigner. It's an... Okay, never mind. <laughs> They're all doing the same thing here. Oh, right. This is my excuse that I can go into the TV filming. At least an American brought flowers. That's a uh, classy. Uh... <laughs> and she was like, oh, she can't be near those. I'm very allergic, you know, getting all pollinated. Oh, I didn't know. I guess I didn't miss that detail. Oh, a Lynn Harris production. Lynn Harris. Streets of San Francisco, Lynn Harris production. Lynn Harris. I knew a Lynn Harris. You, did she, she do a show in 1965? No. <laughs> Best of the Caveman? Caveman no. Mania? No, no, no. Cavemania. He was not alive. Oh, the Caveman. Oh, no, it's a different pop star. Yeah, that's right. So Look, once they get... hugging. Just keep hugging each other. Ooh, there's a hey, say, aren't you that uh, conceited, easy, infallible star? Yeah, let me sign an autograph. So these are cameos, right? This guy, I, I would be like, holy shit. Okay, the answer is yes. If you know English TV, you'd know this guy. That's why, like, my research comes up short. Like, yeah. he was on Doink Doink Hour. Right, yeah, no, I hear you. Meet the Skittles for three seasons. He played Wackadoo. It's just like it doesn't make any – okay, so look, he lures him into the closet. It's kind of convenient. You know, we're, we've seen this movie. Disrespects his autograph. Right. Well, he's not the pop star. So he comes in and he goes, where's pop star? And he goes, I'm his understudy. What? He was – you know, he, had, he got sick at the bar. And he asked me to come over and do the dancing. Wow. The hullabaloo would never do that. They would just cancel the live broadcast. 
Now, the thing is, I'm not sure. I think the joke is he doesn't really know how to dance, so he just makes it up. I think that's the joke. Right. So he's just supposed to do the new dance, or he's going to sing? He's going to dance. What's this? I'll not have me me talent dancing <laughs> with some ruffian off the street. Oh, give him a chance. No, wait, she's a French person. Do give him a chance. I can't do it. Bonjour, monsieur. Bonjour. I yeah. think he deserves a chance, no? The opportunity. <clears throat> he looks uh, like a train conductor to me. I know, right? Well, maybe he's the Maytag repairman for the TV concept. Right. This is closed circuit TV. That explains why it's so clean. And well, another uh, movie. We're in a movie movie where it's a really clean image that just pops right up. Movie. Okay. Is the joke that he's just making it up? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. It's not hilarious. Well, is he going to go up and like pull her hair at the end? <laughs> you no. don't think this is funny? Uh, cool. Yeah, it's not not funny. Yeah. So yeah, is... his competitors, of course, recognize that it's him. And they're like, fuck this. So watch what Scotsman does. For Scotland! And he's like, ha Nice. That for that studio. It was a cheap production. They must have just shot in their own production studio. Started. I guess, yes. This is guy this is funny. Yes. I think so. He has to keep going. That's the joke. It's all framed as a normal show. Like they can't even tell. It's improv uh, chor choreography. Chor choreograph. Yeah, it's improv choreograph. It's improv -graph. That was That was the famous singer. Sing, singing in the Rain movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was probably like pretty recent. I don't know. So now in a very genuine way that is respectful to everyone's rights, it's concerned. Right, go he on. He gets sweet on the girl. Oh, on the pop star? Yeah. So an hour into this movie, two-thirds of the film, now, the he thing finds is, another girl. He's got his nice girlfriend. So what's going on here? But yes, he and he look, it's genuine, it's heartfelt. He's not trying to bang her, okay? <laughs> He's just macking on her after a live production? No, like, macking means that oh, okay. you want to get some. Well, I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about the Scotsman. He's always uh -oh. macking. He's but, always macking. Yeah, he, he was McDonald's, lured by the girl. McDougal. Always macking. Oh, his name is... He's always <laughs> macking. Uh, Sidney McGregor. Sergeant Major Sidney McGregor. They could lift him up with the armpits. Wow, this this was really breaking the fourth wall in this one. First two walls first. Wait, was that a joke as the wall broke? Yeah, I was gonna say most <laughs> movies break the fourth wall, not this one. They broke the first and the second wall. <laughs> Whoa, look at that. More wacky cuts. Okay. Hi, I'm your girlfriend. 
I'm just yeah. here waiting. Well, let me explain myself. I had to get the autograph. Did you get the autograph? No, but I got her address. Right. A banger. Hopefully. Now he's going in here to get the last item, you know, to get a letter in which he'll learn what the sixth item is. I mean, you know, at this point in the movie, when I watch this, I just get this over with. You know, there's always like when there's a uh, Kevin Hearn type movie, or there's like, you must get the six items. It gets tedious. Even Scott Pilgrim versus the World, you know, it's like I yeah. must defeat seven X's. I was relieved when two of them were in one fight. I was like, beat this. <laughs> yeah, check off two. Well, what this is meant to be is set up our third act. Like, you don't know what the sixth one is, and they seem to have gotten all the others. You see? So it sets up. Okay, this is a men on, men's only club, and it's as old as the hills. So they're freaking out. That yeah. woman must exit this fire! It's men's only. Yeah. You can tell from their mem- uh, and it's also members only. You can tell from their jackets. Yeah, yeah. Wait, something would work with men's only, just for men. Yeah. Men- wait. Yeah, right. Uh, for something would work. for him. No, wait. Jags. Yeah, we'll have to do it. Okay, so there's an insurance company, um, called Lloyd's of London, and sure. they go back to the like 1400s or some crap. I don't know. Yeah. But um, there was this British warship named the Lutane that was wrecked, and they had they insure all shipping. They really had to pay through the nose. So they got this bell from the wreckage, and they hung it in their offices. It's called the Lutine Bell. And it's it used to be rung whenever, like, there was a ship that was missing, and then they found it. It wasn't down. They would ring the bell, you know. So that's what's on the – there it is right there. That's what's on the list. They have to steal the Lloyds of London bell, the Lutapine bell. Wow. Wait, so there's just one bell, right? Yeah. There's not so, four sets of bells. Uh, well, okay, since you're pushing me, in truth, there is one. And there's also this replica, and, and that will get used as well. Okay. So uh, I have a question regarding Lloyd's of London. Did Lloyd have a last name? Lloyd? No. If you lived in London, the population wasn't so big back then. If you lived in London, you knew Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Well, I always mixed him up with Lloyd from Liverpool. <laughs> when, of Liverpool. When London was population 75, you knew Lloyd from London. Oh, look, where did he get the phone from? He's just walking around with it? No, it's like, uh, that's like insurance office broker phone kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I see. It's on the wall. Aristocracy's calling him up, (laughs) basically extorting him, saying like, oh, great to see you, Jeff. Remember those two girls we banged behind certain people's backs last summer? Yeah, right. Bring me the Lloyds of London. Um. Bring me the Lucetine Bell. All right. Oh, so this guy has to do it for him. And he's extorting him. Right. Now, it's so aristocracy for him to just be, like, in his air control tower going, straight on, then. Right away. Chop, chop. 
So, yeah, so he looks up at the bell. I mean, he's really in a pickle. What's he going to do? Steal? No. Of course not. Oh, look, there's uh, people not from London who like London. It's so popular that they have tours. The thing is, dumb as that sounds, that is really true in real life. Wait, what's going on? And we're doing a Union Jack uh, swipe? Yeah, because we're going to the Army headquarters. Now, in this scene, basically, it's just like... It's like I'm Rat Race. To... They're, they're recapping? No, he finds out that they, he asked for the Lusitine Bell as part of this Army operation. If that's true, it's, it's Grand Theft Larceny, you know? So the general's like, let's make no mistake. This is your project, your plan, your everything. If somebody's going down, it's you. I won't stake my neck out on... Can I give him a listen for a second? Because of these acting. Okay. What do I say, sir? Oh, yeah, no, Terry Thompson is the best. Here we go. Oh, they caught him again. Oh, delightful. He's, he's like, he has a really distinct voice, so even though it's very soft, so yeah. hopefully it picks up. Oh, we're almost getting there. So our Paul Moore, Mole Man never never got anything yet. Who? Are the Mole, Mole Man? Man. No. Yeah, Mole Man. No, that's his whole shtick throughout. Oh, look, the bell swipe. Yeah, bell swipe. Isn't that creative? Okay, he is that's going to the replica. replica. Well, He's that's no clever. Yeah. yeah, he's not going to. No one's on the floor here. Now, the Mole was in Faulty Towers for one episode. But he was in one of the he was in some of the Carry On movies. Yeah, which we are fans of the Carry On movie. Uh, we watched the we watched the last one, right? Carry On Columbus, which was a uh, after twenty years they revived it in honor of the uh, centennial, I guess the the five centennial of uh, Columbus's discovery of America. Now that was a really good film, I felt. You know, and one of the best parts of I mean, it's. Stupid! You can't take it for real. But if you right. just forget all that and say, "Okay, just do stupid things for me," then there's that scene where they broke. He broke character, right? He they were gonna hang him. Uh huh. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, "Okay, I was gonna share my treasure with all of you, but go ahead, hang me. I understand. That's all right. We would have just frittered away the money wastefully anyway. Go ahead and hang me." Do you remember that one? I do. I remember that, and I remember Rick, uh, two guys from the Young Ones in the beginning of the movie, Rick Merrill, and then uh, I... uh, Neil, so, right? So then they would go on to say, "Of course, we're not going to kill you, Captain, if you want to really share the treasure with us." But then at the end, remember the he reversed it. He, you don't remember that scene? I'm going to have to play it for you. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to watch it again. But I did watch a bunch of characters. Carry On was like, it started, I guess, around the the 60s or whatever, 50s. Black and white, uh, it became a comedy series like Carry On Teacher, Carry On Nurse. And and then it just got kind of sillier and broader and just, you know, it's a great movie series. It's the police academy, I guess, of the the British film industry. Yeah. But they Mm -hmm. made a lot more of them. I saw Carry On Cleo. It was Cleopatra and uh, Julius Caesar is on this throne. He stands up and his little uh, 
He goes, oh, I've been sitting on my laurels. Oh, should I get that joke? Well, because he had like the tiara that they would wear. Right. It's, a, it's called a laurel. Oh, that you put in your hair. Your, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You're sitting on his laurels. Yeah. Okay, so they both have showed up to steal the bell at the exact same time. So now they're having a back and forth kind of, you know, kissing contest. Right. So he goes, okay, we'll work together. You know, you've got the rope. Uh, you know, I've got whatever. He goes, and then once we have the bell together, we'll flip a coin. Whoever wins the toss can have the bell. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's a, that sounds nice and square of you, pal. I thought you'd like it. Let's get started on it straight away. This will take the alarm out. You American chaps know everything. Oh, is he wearing his kilt and he's going upstairs? Yes. Finally get to look up his kilt. Yeah. Uh, almost. So the slapstick of this movie are people falling. Watch. Like we right. saw... He cuts the rope just as you said that. Yeah. And those are pretty pretty good uh, stunts. Why did he cut the rope? He's not going to get the... Because they're enemies. Yeah, but he's not going to get the bell by himself. Yeah, I know. That's perplexed me when I've watched it. Uh... Well, no, I watched it like two or three times, but I mean... Like, every now and again, you're watching it absentmindedly, like you're reading your phone or something, and you miss Right. I don't know. So now we have the same exact situation. They're having a little pissing contest, and it's going to be like, okay, we'll work together. The same old thing. Right now, he's accusing him of stealing government property. It's not, it's not funny stuff. Let me see if I can tell you anything about this. There no, was I, one dark thing. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, please tell me because we're in the third act and I, I want to get, you okay. know. You want to go home. <laughs> I want to go home already. Yeah. Dang movies. No, no, I, I like this movie. What was the dark thing? Okay. Um, okay, well, I'll just start reading. Uh, media, we already talked about this. Publishing a restaurant review for the Sunday Times, founder of the Police Memorial Trust. Uh, it received good reviews, not popular at the box office. Hmm. But I had this juicy story. Where are you? Here it is. All right. Bust it out. Oscar winning actor, I guess it's actress, Helen Mirren, lambasted director Michael Winner in a TV interview for allegedly treating her like a piece of meat during a casting session for this film in 64. Recalling the encounter, she said she was ordered her to turn around and flaunt her body for him. I wow. was mortified and incredibly angry. I thought she was insulting and sexist. I don't think any actress should be treated like that. Like you know, I, I, I want to pause you for a quick second because Helen Mirren went uh, viral like maybe a couple of weeks ago where they found an old interview where the, the reviewer was like just being a little sexist and she was just putting him in his place. Wow. So, you know, yeah. So she, she was, you know, she had to put up with a lot, but she never did. 
he won an act an Oscar. Um, okay, so you know what this asshole winner said, right? What? Winner defends his action, saying, I did indeed ask her to stand up. I don't remember asking her to turn around, but if I did, I was being serious. I can see it now. She's wearing a peasant blouse. Oh, my God. In photographs with enormous bosoms, which was sagging a bit, even though she was young. Helen Mirren, that's what he was saying about? Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the worst that could happen. Well, he doesn't. Yeah, I guess I remember it. She, she was wearing a peasant dress, and yes, she did show her ass. Boobs. I just wanted to see her ass, but she was a sister showing her sagging boobs. I don't oh, know. I, he's casting for a movie, right? Does he have to have a sexy person? Kind of does. You don't have to like have them parade like that. It's disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Get off your goods. No, they're going to be on. Well, there would have been a film test, right? I don't know. Right, there would have been a film test, and they would have, you know, see if this was ideal for the cat. Yeah, I mean, she's she's right, and she does call out that shit all the time. Right. And also, she's, you know, besides being, you know, she's she's gorgeous. Uh huh. Helen Mirren. I don't know her. I'm gonna have to Google her. Yeah, Google her. Google Helen Mirren, Caligula, 1980. Caligula. Yeah, she's topless in that. Victoria's scene. Or Helen Mirren. Wasn't she in James Bond? Was did she play M? Have um, you never heard of Helen Mirren? You know her as old Helen Mirren. Okay. Uh, oh Bond. You must remember the, the last Bond we talked about Casino Royale? Right, right. Yeah. Now I know that the bad guy is your brother and your father was a villain and you have a house called Skyfall, but will you please keep things in order, Bond? <laughs> oh, I know her as an uh, actress of today. As M. She was like Pierce Bronson. I think she was M. Like she was a holdover from mm -hmm. uh, the previous Bond. Yep. He played the Queen. He was yeah. in Red. But I'm telling you, she, oh, Red, right. Well, yeah, her and Bruce Willis. That was the, kind of the joke. Like they would have uh, Helen Mirren and Bruce Willis from over there. But uh, she, uh, she, you know, it's decades of career and she did have like theatrical, she was big, you know. And, and, uh, yeah. Now watch, I, you got to see this because it starts a chain of events. But look, it's so dumb. He goes, oh, I'm tired. Whoops. Oh, I got to wipe my really uh, brow. I got to wipe my brow. Yeah, really badly written. You've seen this movie before. Here we'll have the choreographed. Yeah, they choreographed. Like, it's still moving. Whoa. Whoa. I had to drop it when I touched my feet. When I touched my feet. Yeah, that guy threw right in there. Get this out of here, mister. Actually, this is what I love about it. Like, not only does it cause chaos, the the foreman's like, "I'm gonna keep pushing it." What, what's the worst that could happen? Well, it did cause chaos when it rolled in. Yeah. Uh oh, someone in that dumpster just got a up Kurt. Up kilt. No up kilt. Yeah. Oh no, the bell has rolled out bell's and hells. rolls into the table. Now you can't unring that. Oh, is that the tight? Is that the thams? That's the Thames River. That's right. Uh oh. It's famous. It's very famous. The Thames River. Look, everyone's shaking their fists at him. Pat, 
Yeah, right. And roll them. Hey, and roll them. <laughs> what a big idea, eh? Hey, we're just your local fishmongers. We can't take this. Grumble. Grumble. And cut. I'm not even and talking about this scene. joke. It's not. It's so not funny. <clears throat> so Island, there we go. This Michael Winner did the mechanic in '72. Now Which I know the great. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. No, no, the mechanic was a Charles Bronson movie, and it was later made into like two films with Jason Statham. He's he's a like a hitman who's he's so good. He's like the mechanic. I think it was Walter Matthau actually. Uh huh. But it's good. It's it's a solid movie. He's like he also made uh, Juan Tantan or Ron Tantan, the dog that's yeah, in Hollywood. Dog is, right, seventy six. Which I look every six weeks. I'll look in YouTube to see if it finally posted because it is like a good shitty film. But yeah, he was like making these like shitty Charles Bronson films for Canon when I got when I saw him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did revisionist westerns, Chateau's Land and Lawmen. He did the Centennial in '77, which was like a scary. You know, you you mentioned revisionist westerns. <clears throat> the the lead of this movie was in Kapaloo. Uh huh. That's right. Uh, yeah, which came out the same year. Right, and Columbia really thought he was gonna be the shit, Joe. Um, the role. Wait, what, happened? what happened to the upper crust? Like, did he get news that he lost? No. What? No. What are you talking about? Well, uh, Delmol collapsed. I was wondering why. Oh, why? No, he just ate a bad um, prawn or some crap. Bad. Oh. I don't know how he even survived in the army. <laughs> he had people do it for him. It's Jerry Lewis and the Evasive Bellboy. Thought I'd crawl up through window. So, yeah, he um, just got into a pop star's window. She's like, you're popping up everywhere, and I don't know. Did you just ruin my television appearance? <laughs> he doesn't uh, – no, he actually he didn't ruin it, right? He danced like a monkey. Yeah, I guess. Everybody liked it. I think that was a funny scene, Carl. I mean, I, I like this guy. Whoa, Pac-Man swipe. Yeah. So he's the moles underground going like, oh, it's a cave-in, and he's like freaking out. You know, he's being paranoid. Yeah, it's like in Caddyshack where they would cut to the gopher. They see all the boil bowler caps. Because they're the director's saying, you know, we're at Lords of London and they're, you know, somebody fucking stole our bell. What are we gonna do about this? You're gonna find it? Okay, we'll find it. All, All right. right. Well, I'm hope you know, how much was it insured for? It wasn't insured. We're the leading insurance in the world and we didn't insure our most valued treasure. That's the joke, Carl. Hello, home invader. How about some breakfast? It's a traditional English breakfast. You've seen this movie. No, I have seen this movie. <laughs> okay. I, I wanted to... I don't know. I thought it would be different. You must be... You know what? Another thing about YouTube, I looked typed in, you must be joking. Yeah. And there, it 
there was a South African candid camera prank show that <laughs> called, the theatrically released movie in 1987 called You Must Be Joking. And it's this guy, it's these two radio personalities from South Africa are uh, hosting these like pranks. And it winds up like the, it was like a former boxer who was in it. And they proceeded to keep making these prank movies for the next several decades. Uh, Interesting. You know, reflecting South uh, Africa and the whole South. You know, I would, I would read it and I, I saw it and I was like, I looked up, I said, I want to see a user review. And uh, oh, look, they found the bell. Well, the team has ties, and the French girl knew that and said, you know, I have great news for you. Your bell can be recovered. Really? Wait, who's the French girl? The pop star? Yeah. Oh, and so the she... girlfriend sort of jilted in a way. I, I, I mean, he's, he was, you know, he he didn't sleep at home last night. Really? What a creep. Oh, car phone, car phone, car, car phone. phone. I know. Car phone. That's the only way you could talk in your on the phone in a car back in 1975. Was on a car phone. Yeah, a backseat car phone. The only way you could talk on a car phone in 69 was with was on a car phone. Car phone. <laughs> oh, no, so he's going underwater. He thinks it's, but he doesn't actually go in the water. It's just too late, too little too late. Look, he's too clean to be in that dirty. Yeah. Oh, I, I used suffocator. I would just quit at that point. Remember yeah. your trip through the... Okay, see her terrible driving. That'll be a... Oh, right. That's what, I was wondering what was going to happen. <clears throat> so now... Okay. Elliot Dellum has been picked up by an ambulance because he was sick. And now, basically, he's using them as a taxi. Okay. Oh, to, to get over. So we're finally wrapping up to the end of yes. 48 hours. Now, what's happening here is the staff sergeant is lying that he was requisitioning all those things for the general, <clears throat> right? But the truth is, like, he he was he thought he was saying about the things in the scavenger hunt. But he's been requisitioning for years uh, with illegal, you know, like cans of uh, jelly beans, and like he's been getting supplies and selling them on the on the army's dime. So he's blaming it on the governor. I mean, on the um, general. Right. Oh, so the general's going to be in hot water. And right. what's in the bag? So he he doesn't have his own bell, right? The first time I thought that was the bell. Right. He doesn't have his own bell. There's only two bells. Now, look, this is Pink Panther guy. Yeah, We've that's seen... right. Yeah. We've seen him in other films, and I'm not telling you about Casino Royale. I'm not an asshole. He was in Casino Royale. He was in Superman 3. But, I mean, he was in The Return of the Pink Panther, Pink Panther Strikes Again, Revenge of the Pink Panther, right. Fool of the Pink Panther, Son of the Pink Panther, Curse right. of the Pink Panther. Wait, he was in Son of the Pink Panther? With yeah. Bellini? You Professor... know, HBO Max, just, they just pulled all of them. They had all the, the Pink Panthers, and I tried. His name's Graham Stark, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. He's a he's like uh Charlie Sheen in Terminal Velocity. He has a skydiving uh company and he drinks. Yeah, they were uh army buddies together when they were in the Suez Canal. And that was that Israel um 
well, I forget. But anyway, so they're old army buddies, and that's how – or military buddies. And that's why he's going to take him up in the plane so he can parachute in for the final contest. They're all right now heading with their scavenger hunt stuff to the check. <laughs> Look, he's got the uh... – that's the old school. Here, here's your parachute. You need to fold it up. And it right, right. All right, there it is. We're almost finished, Carl. I can see the. Fi I can right. see this movie almost Thank finished. Thank goodness. Well, that's been our show. It says Finn on the screen. Right. They well, actually, that's the border of Finland. Uh, it's almost over. It's Finnish. Yeah, it's close. It's a Finnish. It's getting there. Getting there. It's almost a Finn. Are we done, Dad? Well, it's it's a Finnish. Just hang out for a second. Are we there, Fred's dad? Well, it's a uh, finish. Okay, now this isn't really believable, but all of a sudden, like, she loves him, okay? So she's, like, telling the guy from performance, I'm taking a two-week holiday. And oh, no. He's going an holiday, yes. Wow, wait a minute. Hang on a second. What's up with this movie? He's kissing the wrong girl. Right, that's There's right. The group. Yeah, but there we don't have any moral. Doesn't get any. He gets mean looks. Oh, that's the worst he gets. Yeah, no, he, it, it, the movie ends great for him. <laughs> well, this guy's about to jump. So, it's like, you make a good living. You only make money if. You know, in insurance, if you die, and he goes, die, forget it, I'm not going. And he goes, Sergeant, I, you know, you did so much for me. I'm, this is the best they could do for you. He pushes him out of the plane. That's it. I'm done. This is the least I can do for you. Now, look, his chute deploys, but meanwhile, he's going, pull the chute, pull the chute. They made a mistake in the editing, or they had to stick with bad, you know. Oh, look, they finally get the up kilt. Yeah, and he goes, that's quite refreshing, actually. Oh, it must be. Can you imagine? That's quite, oh, it'd be terrific. You know, it, if there was a shower on the plane, you could shower and then jump off and naturally dry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, naturally. Drip dry. Drip. You could just now, drip dry. Air dry. He he um they are impressed with him parachuting in. Now they're gonna be impressed with the aristocrat coming in on the ambulance. Oh, and then play everything. The, yeah. And then others arriving under arrest of the police. Right. For for buying all that shit. Yeah. Da 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 da. Thinking it's a mad, mad, mad. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Intermission. Come on, movie. I wrote the mad world song. Mad, 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 mad. Here's a Christmas carol. Here's a mad, mad world song. Mad, 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 mad. No, that's how the lyrics go, but there's four mads in the song, so sometimes I forget and I do like a. Oh, he made it to the finish line. Yeah. Oh, man. Somebody dropped. Oh, he tripped him. So somebody drops uh, their loot, and, and Mole Man gets it. 
Oh, so Mole Man's going to win. He's got the loot. Easy peasy. Okay, yes. <clears throat> the movie ends in a very, very dissatisfying way, okay? Don't get ready for the American ending. Right now, what would happen is they oh, would, the American, yeah. They would race to the finish right. in front of them, and then when the bad guy was going to win, we would get a tw another contest. That would result in the good guy winning, and we have a winner. That's not what's going to happen. Oh, it's funny that the mole man gets all the items instead of going across to the finish line. He goes straight up to Terry Thomas. I did it. <laughs> yep, that's right. But he doesn't win, does he? No. No, this is a, all as an American. I, I'm glad that the American won. Well, the American won, but then he resigned. So it's 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 a. Uh, what? They all went into his dug hole. His. It must have hurt as an actor to fall through that hole. Yes. Yeah. Fucking winter doesn't give a shit. Uh, don't forget, my I'm a bad driver. Remember? Oh, she's gonna save her boyfriend. Yeah. If she sees him with the pop star, now he knows she's on the list. So she's like, "Here, you better take these." You know, he he hasn't called her in days. Right. He's an asshole. Yeah. Uh-oh, things are falling apart. Here's your bullshit, sir. Even the <laughs> bell. And it's the real bell, not some fucking replica. Congratulate. Oh, what's this? What's That's that? Ignatian papers. What? You can't resonate your paper. Or you're fired. Paper. <laughs> I, I'm switching girlfriends, and I'm going on holiday. That's what they call it here. Right, uh, on holiday. To... Someplace and then Nice, right? Oh, I heard it's really Nice over there. Yeah. Well, my, I have some family over there. My my niece lives in Nice. <laughs> okay, so now they're arresting him for years of get you know getting using the army's money to right. Buy goods. I always told him it will catch up to him. I don't do it. I says to him. So he's getting a, off the hook and blaming the general. What about the bowler caps? I thought they were all Floyd's. I guess there are other people. They were um, the boiler boiler bowler caps. Were he was the secretary of uh, the state or the interior, something like that. He was from I, the government. So nobody really wins. That's right. Now the general's going to shift the bell back, but he's arrested for stealing the bell. Did you say what, sir? Oh, no. Oh, so this whole thing implodes. I think that's a, how Rat what? Race ended, too. They, they busted John There's Cleese. no winner, and nobody gets a satisfied... The guy who gets a satisfied ending is the jerk. Right. Oh, there he is with his girlfriend. Okay. Look at him. We should play the volume on this. Yeah. I have a feeling what's going on. Look, I can't believe it. He just waved goodbye to her. Yeah. And now we have the most unsatisfying ending of all. <laughs> they just 
They're all alone, the two delusional idiots. Oh, that's funny. And then, like, if the director should have ended it right here, but no, the uh, the mole man has a little like, existential compart, criticizes the army or the military. So then he like makes him snap too and march. I don't know, it's dumb. Well, you know, he should have that that outburst. This is a comedy movie. Uh, we got all these unsatisfied. This is totally unexpected. It doesn't wrap up a theme of the film at all. Right. What was the fucking theme of the film? Like, they didn't have one. Like, if you work together, you succeed. Something like that. They didn't do that. I think the theme was scavenger help uh, hunts. Uh, help us remember Tammy and uh, excited for her wedding. And it was a good way to celebrate her bachelorette party. <laughs> oh, there he is, marching off. I This looks... Oh, there it is. The Finn. Yeah. It's El Finn. For Finn. Shot on location in England by American Films of London, England. Oh, How ladies and gentlemen. And there's the American broad uh, Columbia Pictures. Well, Carl, that has been... You must be joking. 1965, what'd you think of the movie? At times, I enjoyed it. At times, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was pretty dull. I mean, like, the, yeah. I, it had a lot of power to it, a lot of horsepower, a lot of good performances, but it really did feel like uh, nothing was happening, and uh, there was no, I don't know, like, at least rat race, they had to go from A to B, you know? It's a race. Yeah, this wasn't done in, I don't know, uh, the order of it was chaotic and scattered like okay never mind the pursuit of that thing we're moving on to this thing right we're yeah yeah at the same time we're all at the track at the same time we're all in with the starlets the thing at the same time i, I don't wow. know i think that um if you listen to it with the sound you're much more entertained because you hear all these accents and the things they say to each other it is kind of funny a lot of the times and uh just to be around those, uh, that culture is pretty, you know, everyone's, it's all about class and, right. you know, there's innuendo all over the place, but they'll never say it, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And, uh, but it was, I agree. So it was fun. I mean, it's fun to see those actors and I'm sure uh, I'll enjoy seeing them in other locations. Some of them I recognize, some of them I didn't. Terry Thomas, of course, was kind of fun in this, but it just kind of, it was a little bit short. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, next week we are going to uh, go back to uh, more common ground here in the United States and watch an American movie about real men. It's called Real Men from 1987. It stars uh, the late John Ritter and the currently alive James Belushi uh, back from 1987. I have a trailer from the Action Master. I don't know if my sound is going to be worth it for the show, but I was going to play it. So if you guys go type in Real Men 1987 and you see the Action Masters posting of the Real Men trailer, I was going to play it in a couple of seconds. Okay. All right. The Action Master. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Well, is she? 
<laughs> this is going to be horrible, but we do find ourselves laughing. I know. Well, it's it's uh, John Ritter and uh, James Belushi from the eighties. Well, that was a little too close. Oh, look at those clowns! <laughs> you guys can't act. Look at these clowns. Who brought these clowns on the set? This is a joke. Oh, S and M dungeon. Oh, right, this uh, trailer has the uh, box of the video cassette because it would never was theatrically released. That is from 1987. Next week's movie will be Real Men with the real men, John Ritter and James Belushi. Carl, thank you so much for... Uh, uh, hosting and 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 uh, researching and, and just kicking ass on this movie. Uh, may I never see it again, but I definitely enjoyed talking it, uh, about it. And audience, we want hope you enjoyed the show too. Uh, just spread the word. Just you know, we'd love for you just to sign up for our podcast, L W A F L M O Y T. Uh, we would love for you to just get involved and, and check out Mutiny Radio. They even have live comedy shows if you're in the Bay Area, if you're in the Mission District, you can walk over there. Uh, we love Mutiny Radio, and we do love you guys, and we'll see you next week. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length YouTube. We watch the best movies that uh aren't they good? Well they're chosen. By uh, here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Your host. Dude. Uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on the podcast network. Slash Right, I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to watch. I Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Carl, test, test. Carl, Carl, test, test. Yeah, you're all buzzy. I gotta call back. Let's watch. It's Joe's to Carl. Not duh, like duh. Oh, that's funny. It's duh, like French, so it's jokes.
Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh, duh. Let's watch a L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-E. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. And Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? All right. Ready to watch this film. Looking forward to a good episode because it's a good film. We are going to watch a good film this week. We are streaming right now, as we always do, every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on San Francisco's own Mutiny Radio. What is Mutiny Radio? It's an internet radio station. You can find it at mutinyradio.fm. You can hit it and you can stream it. The full afternoon uh, Sunday shows were just part of it. So make it an afternoon. But check it out. Listen to us first on Mutiny Radio. Listen to us next on our podcast, which uh, posts every Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. Uh, you have to find it by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Go ahead and subscribe. You'll hear the, the podcast. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with the sound off, and you're going to listen, watch the movie and listen to our podcast at the same time. So you're going to have to find the YouTube. If you want to just not deal with it, check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl is the producer of this show. You heard his fantastic theme song. He has researched this movie we're going to watch. He has also synced this movie and posted it on YouTube. And very shortly, Carl, we'll be hearing an interview you had with a celebrity comedian who will talk Correct. about their celebrity and their comedianness, and then give us a countdown to this movie. I'm really anxious. A good movie this week? Carl, what is this movie? This week, we will watch The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Don't, don't put in man. The Incredible Shrinking Woman, 1981. And the channel we like is Kenny Love Music Movie. Not Jimmy Eat World. Kenny Love Music Movie. That's the most inspirational uh, YouTube channel I've heard. So Kenny loves mu mu music movies. Fuck you, books. Kenny doesn't like them. No, no, Magazines. No. Well, uh, it, it, movie is quicker. Goes yeah. right in. You know. Uh -huh. Video uh, game too much for Kenny. So go ahead and find shrinking the, woman. The Incredible Shrinking Woman, 1981. Kenny loves music. You're going to find Kenny's link. Here's what we need you to do. We want you to enjoy the following interview coming up. And during the interview, we want you to hit, find the link, hit play, hit pause, 
Whoa, no, even worse. That, 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 two that. ads. Yes. So two ads will play. One you just have to watch. The other one you can skip at five. And one said, Rig no, actually, I just got one ad to say. Good for me, right? Lucky me. Yeah, I got one ad. After that ad plays, hit pause, move your timer to zero, zero, zero. And then while you're listening to the interview, the celebrity comedian, when they're done, they're going to give you the celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say go, we go. So, Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Chris Carfaro. Welcome. Hey, Carl. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Now, we know each other out there on the comedy scene. Most of the time, it's open mics, less than shows. And I think you're very new to comedy. Maybe there was a pre-pandemic time, but, uh, you know, in the... In the context of things, right, it's pretty new. Tell, tell me why you got into comedy, how you got into comedy, and how long are we talking about here? Sure. So uh, before the pandemic, I had one of my friends who thought he was funny come at me and say, hey, I'm doing an open mic. I know you love comedy. Uh, why don't you come out and uh, try it out? So me and him, we went to the, uh, the original stand in New York City. Uh-huh, the original Our first one, yeah. open mic, yeah. Um, that dirty, dingy basement. <laughs> I was like, we've made it. This is how comedy should be. And I told a story uh, about my dad, something I've told to all my friends, family, hundreds of times, you know? So I already knew that it was going to be a decent story to tell. And we got some laughs. But for us, we were like, first time we got laughs, comedy's easy. Like, it's done. <laughs> it then really is. We went, yeah. Then we went back the second week, tried actual material, and just played to crickets. <laughs> so mm. I took a little bit of time off after that. Uh, I had to check the ego a little bit. But then um, – Was that Laughing say, Buddha? What's that? Was that Laughing Buddha? So, yeah, it was uh, early on in the Laughing Buddha. I don't think they had a formal uh, agreement yet with the stand. But now if you go to the stand, it's all Laughing Buddha shows right. as far as the open mic, um, which I like those people. They're nice. Um they let you on, and they, they give you some good encouragement. Those are always good mics to do. Um, but then I took a little time off, and then I really because missed it. Because of the it, pandemic? So. Because of the pandemic? Or? So that was in 2017. So I took about till uh, early 2019 to get uh -huh. back into it. I really needed some time to let that ego cool off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then I went real hard um, on comedy, going all the open mics. Uh, I actually saw you for the first time. We didn't uh, meet then, but I saw you at uh, Scotty's Comedy uh, Cove. Yeah. And I saw you do the first mic flip. And I was like, oh, <laughs> comedy's more than just telling stories. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I hit up the scene a little bit, did a couple showcases in the city, uh, actually got uh, the industry room at uh, Broadway Comedy Club. I won that competition. So Terrific. I had a little bit of a residency. And then right at the turn of that, pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a scientist, uh, former scientist, I guess you could call it at this point. Well, you're um, between jobs, right? Right, so right. I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus. <laughs> you're educated. You are a scientist. Right. So literally, right, we hit the pandemic. I think comedy's dead. So I'm like... I might as well just double down on science because hopefully this is the only pandemic I'll ever see in my entire lifetime. I think it would be pretty good to get that on a resume. 
So I did that. And did then, you do any um, Zoom shows during the pandemic? No, I literally just said, Chris, if you're going to do something, you have to do it all the way. Um, it looks like that's going to be science. You know, I didn't really have a lot of connections at the time in comedy. So I didn't know who I could ask where they were doing Zoom shows, you know, uh, where the uh, outdoor shows were. So right. I, I literally just said, it's time for you to be a scientist, time to help out the community. And then I was like, I'm just having fun. <laughs> I need to get back into comedy. Now, you do a lot of jokes about growing up rural, right? Growing oh, yeah. up country. Tell me about that. Where did you grow up? How did this influence your comedy? And uh, what's the contrast now? Uh, I mean, where this isn't ur an urban setting, but still, <laughs> yeah. you know, tell us about the difference. Of course. So uh, I grew up in Long Valley, New Jersey, which uh, if anyone doesn't know where that is, it's in Morris County, right up against the Pennsylvania border. Um, and I grew up right across from a horse farm. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty rural. Uh, I had like a quarter mile long driveway. Uh, so it's definitely different. I live in Hoboken right now. Yeah. And uh, just the, the sounds at night, I'm used to, you know, hearing like raccoons and, and deer and bear. Sure. And those things are what put me to sleep, you know? When I hear a siren, I'm like, all right, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. gotta be an emergency. Exactly. But I feel like that has definitely uh, influenced my comedy, at least uh, up until this far. Uh, I mean, the great juxtaposition between where I grew up and where I uh, am living now. Plus, I also went to school in the Bronx at Fordham University. There's just so much that an outside observer who's never experienced any of this, mm -hmm. like you can just take in. I've never experienced Ubers until, you know, mm -hmm. probably three years ago. Mm -hmm. So that whole experience is one thing that's still kind of blowing my mind. I don't understand how you could have a stranger just pick you up in a car. Now, from in Long Valley, still within 50 minutes, you're in the city, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and Morristown, that's, you know, I mean, you weren't so removed, right? right. Is it really so secluded? It's pretty crazy because I would say up until college, um, maybe a little bit in high school, I thought Morristown was the big city, you uh -huh. know, we pl I played football in uh, high school. We played Morristown every single year. And when uh -huh. we would go there, we were like, all right, are we going to have police escorts or something? It's pretty dangerous out there. Yeah, it's and dangerous then, in Morristown. Yeah. Later on, I met someone from the Morristown football team and uh, we actually had a cow walk across our football field right before a state championship or not state championship, mm -hmm. state playoff game when we were playing Morristown. And they were like, we'd never seen anything like that. We were just waiting for a bear to come eat the cow. So <laughs> it wasn't just me. I always felt like it was just me projecting, but it's other people. It's yes. Uh, it's a whole new world. Okay. Now I want to get to this movie podcast. You have a huge movie podcast. <laughs> What's the name of it? Well, it's called the huge movie podcast <laughs> because it's all encompassing, right? So it's me, um, my friend from home, Connor Garrigan, uh, John Gallagher, a new friend, and Jack mm -hmm. Mayberry, our producer. What we're doing every week is we've taken the IMDb Top 100 Movies of All Time list, and we've put that into a giant bracket, right? So we use the seating from that to make our matchups. Um, and every single week, we take one matchup, we argue about which movie should be moving on, which one's best. We argue why that is, 
And uh, overall, we're hoping to see what the actual greatest movie of all time is, in our opinion. Gotcha. Um, we've had a very, very big disagreement with IMDb. Uh-huh. We hate Citizen Kane, as I've told you before. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most overrated movies there is. And it if is. everyone disagrees, come listen to the podcast, come comment, and I'll fight you on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Rosebud, not uh, the most uh, revealing ending. Uh, I don't know. Like we were talking in person, you know, it was um, it was it was shocking to people at the time, and that made it very popular. And now it's gotten to the point. You're right; it's overrated, at least yeah. in my opinion. I'm with you guys there. A hundred percent. And you know, it's not to say that at the time these movies weren't good or on the cutting edge. But as one of the main theme, themes we've been talking about, because we're still in the lower ranked movies, those yeah. tend to be the older movies that have fallen out of favor with people. We've noticed that the technology for when these old movies came out were cutting edge at the time, right? Yeah. It influenced a bunch of different movies. However, the movies that are being produced right now have taken what they've done, expanded upon it, and it's like anything. The old's going to come out and the news going to replace it. Yes. Not saying that those weren't great movies at the time, but there's better stuff now because of those old movies. Yeah. So you can That's still have an appreciation. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Okay, Chris Cafiro, how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? Do you have a website? Do you have YouTube? Is Instagram your haunt? How can people find you and find out what you're up to? So biggest two things, uh, Instagram and YouTube, uh, both of those are at Chris Carfaro. Um, Instagram and YouTube are both where you'll find the uh, podcast as well, uh, the Huge Movie Podcast. Again, uh, I'm on Twitch at uh, Topher Carf, so it's the end of Christopher and the first four <laughs> letters of Carf. <laughs> yeah, and that, oh, that's so basically people- it. So people who are listening to the audio version know the last spelling of your last name. It's like car, then far, then an O. Car, yeah, car, far, far, oh. <laughs> very nice. But it's Carfaro. It's Carfaro. Yes. Okay, now Chris. Chris Carfaro. Everyone at home poised to watch this film at the same time we do here in the studio. So everyone at home has got to press play on their device at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Chris Cafaro, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right. I've been waiting for this. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, for your Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Very interesting. I can't wait to listen to it later. Right, we're starting off with Universal, the old school intro. Yeah, this is a Universal movie. It really appeals to all audiences. Universally. <laughs> oh, there's no CC on this. Uh, Kenny, come on, we need closed captioning. Well, right. Tom- Lily Tomlin, it says for you. Charles Grodin. Oh, it's Star Pack. It's, it's- it is Star Pack. Ned, Ned Beatty? Beatty? Listen, you can't have Charles Grodin without Ned Beatty. Good point. I love the graphics. Talk about 1981. Yeah. It's like your calculator's graphics. Your pocket calculator. See how they what? zoomed in? This, the cast is full blast. Mark Blankfield. Who's Mark Blankfield? He, we saw him as the star in The Jerk 2. That's right. He was the star. 
That's right. And he does his job in this film. I mean, he really does a good job. You know, he's very much a comedic actor. There's lots of um, Pratt Paul kind of things. Now, so Mike... what this movie is trying to do is talk about how awful consumerism was in the 70s. How it, I mean, this is 81, it's released, but it was shot in the 70s. And so is this an actual commercial? So this guy's actually on the street as from a supermarket. Right, and he's trying to get people to try the product, and it's basically Cheese Whiz. Um, and, of course, Cheese Whiz tastes gross, I think, personally, myself. A lot of – the more sodium, the better it tastes. Oh, and I agree with you on that. So that's the joke. People are going to try the product and blech. This whole movie is talking about the consumerism, and it blames her shrinking on these chemicals, you know, from all the products. Based suggested by the novel. Yeah. Right. Now, in 1957, there was a movie called The Incredible Shrinking Man. And they're trying to say that this movie is a parody of it. But it's not. It's just the title. It's just a parody of the title, you know? Yeah. Um, there was a book in 1956 called The Shrinking Man. And it was uh, authored, let's see. Yeah, here it is. The guy's name is Richard Matheson. He hated this film. He thought it was terrible and unfunny. Oh, no. That poor guy. He must have seen the yeah. wrong movie. Yeah, he's a famous Twilight Zone science fiction writer. Richard Matheson. Look, look he, she, he just shoves he, he just shoves the crackers in her mouth. Lily Tomlin is just a consumer coming out of the grocery, and she's been ambushed. Right. All on television, too. Do as he says. She's reading a book. That's how I do it. I have my four kids on the shopping cart while I push a novel. <laughs> now, her kids are the typical 70s kids. They are not well disciplined they're out of control because kids will be kids is the way we thought of it back then so oh right chaos and trouble and also it's about the craziness of life with kids that accidents will happen and that's what's just about to happen this curious little girl uh the aerosol can back in the 70s that's instant death now I, I guess yeah. that's a cleaning product or something they're really struggling it with now Every movie has an inciting incident that kicks off our movie. Like you see the beginning of the hero's regular world, and then something happens that rips them away from that regular world. Well, Gosh. this movie doesn't do a good job with the inciting incident. We really don't know what is making her shrink. When I saw the film as a kid, and that's why I suggested I did this too. So I thought she fell into a vat of chemicals and it, it affected her. But no, that was actually the ending. And I will get to that. So, oh man, okay. look at those melons. <laughs> it's more of the craziness of suburban life. and. I'm, I'm, one thing I should mention up front during the opening credits, this is written by Jane Wegman and directed by yeah. Joel Schumacher. And, and right. I think with Lily Tallinn and... Uh, Charles Grodin, I only saw this movie in 1981, but yeah, yeah it stuck with me. This film, I really liked it too. Me. I really yeah. did, and 
I, I don't know if I liked it, but it stuck with me too. It's it does a, a trick and again, like I'm watching I can't say I'm rewatching it if it's been forty two years, but Yeah, right. You can't. Yeah. I know. But it's like what I remember as a kid was that it was entertaining, but it had a real message about like just like a really strong feminist message in it because she literally is neglected in this movie. And uh, she's like wow. just an item. She's an object in her little dollhouse, literally, in this film. And the husband ignores her and she's trying to be heard. And no. I just remember, no, that's not the movie no. I saw 41 years ago. No, she is a major character in this film who is not overlooked at all. She is but the husband loved by the husband. Really? Okay. All right. Absolutely. But don't you think it's a metaphor being trapped in a dollhouse? And being small and a room whose voice is small? I think it could be a metaphor. If this movie, movie had a small woman who was ignored, she is large and in charge in this film. Now, are we seeing two Lilies? We are. We're seeing two Lily Toms. She'll play four people in this, four characters. And two of them are made famous from, um, from, from Latin, which was her start, really. Let's now, see. she was in, most recently in a movie called 80 for Brady. But this movie, right. she's like 40 for Brady, right? Because it's 42 years ago. Yeah, I suppose, yes. She probably is in her early 40s here. Now, the woman who she, she's sitting across from herself. Now, this neighbor is named Judith Beasley. And she was a character really from Tom, Lily Tomlin's live comedy shows, uh, more than laugh-in. We'll see that telephone operator. Oh, one ringy dingy. But it's like a cameo kind of thing. Luann, I think. No, Luann was the child uh, she did. Let's see. Ernestine, a telephone operator. And Edith Ann was a little girl who would sit in the big chair. She'd pretend to be a little girl. And that was on Laughing. That didn't make it into this film, but it did make it into the TV version of this film. Oh, how cool is that? No other reason because they have the footage. Like, here, I'm going to leave these products with you. She goes, I have no room in my house for these products. She goes, no problem. <laughs> they stick to the wall. More products. <laughs> That'll be throughout the film. It's sort of like an Avon lady kind of takeoff. Consumerism just trying to sell right, to all to of house. the literally, literally in your own home. And the husband, of course, has a job doing advertising for products. Gotcha. Now we're having a funny bit and they're doing the crazy music of gotta put all the groceries away. This is uh, me and my house, except I don't put them away. I just eat them. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, where's well, we're the Pop-Tart? Oh, never mind. Now, we don't have bags anymore at the store. Do you guys still have that in L.A.? Yeah, I mean, you California has a law. This takes place in California. Again, when we saw this, we were in New Jersey, and I always had a idealized fantasy of what California was like because of films like this. But as mm -hmm. it stands today, you can get a bag. You just pay a, a dime. Oh, okay. Is it a plastic bag or a reusable? It really, it really depends on the com on the store, but it's usually a plastic or paper bag. Like at Trader Joe's, I'll get a double paper bag, or I could buy like a little reusable Trader Joe's bag, say. But if I do the double bag, that's twenty cents. But it's, you know what? When that law passed like ten years ago, right? I, 